from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man! He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I'd is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Because we don't have a Thursday, Friday show, and we'll talk about the Egg Bowl on Monday with her. They get Louisiana Monroe on Saturday. Georgia Dog has the first question. Wants to know how healthy is this Ole Miss team? Injuries from the Georgia game. Well, um, good morning, Bill. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I think the uh, they they were big and strong. Those Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, the good the good thing is, I think anybody who is watching, probably the main concern would have been the health of Jackson Dart because he took a took a pretty hard hit there in the game and didn't come back. And I think you know there were a, a number of people who thought, oh, maybe he had a concussion. And a number of people who thought it looked like he was kind of dragging his shoulder and maybe had a collarbone issue. But I'm very happy to report that. Uh, all reports are that Jackson is fine. He's been in practice. Lane Kiffin said last night that uh, Jackson's fine. He'll play Saturday. So that's very good news for the Rebels to have that. And interestingly, Kiffin also said that Jackson will be back next year for his senior season. So he kind of put some the speculation about that to rest. I was going to ask you about that. And does that – Walker Howard's already transferred, and I'm not trying to stir anything up, but, but patience-wise, is that okay? Can he, can he chill for a little bit longer? Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question, and a lot of Ole Miss fans are wondering that. You know, there's – I guess the good thing is the speculation about Dart has been put to rest, so if anybody is going to make any decisions, they probably have all the info they need now. Um, I do not have – uh, any info yet I, I've got some kind of off the record on that but we'll wait and see what happens and then you know they've also got Austin Simmons uh, the the young kid from Florida who we're, yeah. we're excited to see too so I you know good question I don't know Walker I don't know how close Walker would be 
you know, to being able to be a grad transfer. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. Evie is in an interesting spot because she went to A&M. She lives nearby the school and she covers Ole Miss. Obviously that is what she does. But there was some overlap with Lane Kiffin's name with the Aggies, which I never really bought. I don't think there's anything to that, but just tell me what you know. Yeah, um, it's funny. He's still he's still up there on some of the Vegas odds I've I've seen, but right. I don't really believe that that he is a a candidate there. I've heard uh, Aggies a lot of Aggies would would like to have him. I mean, he's I think he's polarizing to them um, because he's had such a uh, frosty relationship with Jimbo. So I think that there are some that look at it like, no, we don't want him because you know, they don't like how he's interacting with Jimbo. But then there are plenty who said, well, he's three and zero against Jimbo. You know, he's exactly who we would want to get. So. I don't, I'm like you, I don't think that that is uh, realistic. I think Kiffin, I expect Kiffin to stay exactly where he is. I mean, again, he's got his daughter there, you know, his son has moved there now. Um, Incidentally, or funny, uh, funny pictures, Kiffin and video, Kiffin tweeted this past week of his son Knox uh, on a uh, visit to Oregon and a video of him you know, in, in an Oregon uniform and throwing the football and there was coach Lanning. So that was, that was kind of funny. You know, he Lane really has fun with that, but um, no, I don't, I don't see any credence to those. And and we do know um, that Jeff trailer has interviewed with A&M. Those reports came out. So they, they had a, I think Ross Bjork had a long zoom session with him um, I would expect Mike Elko to be interviewed if he hasn't been already. A lot of Aggies are really, really high on, on him if he was a former coordinator there. Oh, it's an incredibly attractive job, Evie. <laughs> it, it is. You can, uh, I, you know, as one of the one of the former Ole Miss coaches, I, it might have, I think, been Rich Rod, actually. I heard Coach Cordelli talk about him in the earlier section, said, you know, it's great living the buyout life. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, that, that uh, Jimbo, Jimbo to be paid, I think, what, 20, 24, 26 million by the middle of March and then to get 7.2 million a year every year for, you know, six, seven years after that. Um, that's a good gig if you can get it. And Jeff Trailers at Texas San Antonio, it's always an interesting leap when you take a guy that's done incredibly well and then your thinking is if we give him all these ridiculous resources that he's not had at his disposal, does that necessarily mean he's that much better? And we've seen it work both ways. I'm impressed with his resume to date, but that is a leap. You're, you're, you're making some assumptions that aren't as simple as the math would indicate it is. Absolutely. And, you know, you can look at it that way. And then, you know, how do you, how do you put in a, a category, you take a coach, maybe like Jimbo, who, what happens if you have all the resources in the world and then you don't make it happen with that? Does that, how does that affect you in terms of your future coaching? So I guess it goes both way, but in terms of trailer, um, I think 
One thing that's good for him is, I mean, he's, you're right, he's a very good coach, very well respected. He spent 15 years at Gilmer High School and had three, uh, three state championships at the 4A level. He's very well respected with high school coaches. Um, I, I see him, back to Lane Kiffin, I mean, honestly, I, having gone to A&M, I just, I just honestly can't see Kiffin as a good fit there. I mean, just in terms yeah. of Kiffin himself, I, I can't see him putting on a cowboy hat and a pair of boots and hanging out, you know, with with boosters. I just don't. But trailer, I think, is going to be interesting. I, I think that, um, you know, let's face it, they've tried getting the great big name coach and paying tons of money, and so maybe, maybe it may be time to give uh, a Texas guy a chance. Mike, the Mad Dog, down at noon in Georgia, and it looks like Ole Miss is going to go ten and two again. I'm, I'm assuming some things here. Says, does Ole Miss use the loss to Georgia to motivate them to win out and possibly do well in a bowl? Yes, and I think that you know, especially with the with the twelve team playoff coming next year, I think you absolutely want to finish as strong, obviously, always as you as you can. But especially with that next year, and you know, Ole Miss has some uh, some definitely some things to play for here. I mean, if they if they win out against ULM and then Mississippi State on Thanksgiving, that will be just the second 10-win season in school history. The other time came under Lane Kiffin in 2021, back when he had Matt Corral. So think about that. That that would be pretty special. Um, Ole Miss is undefeated at home two out of the last three years if they win this Saturday. That's a big deal. And with a bowl win, if they went out against ULM in state and win a bowl game, that would be the first 11-win season in school history. So I know Lane Kiffin would love to have his name etched in the record books there, and I think it's a very real possibility at this point. Repetitive question. How busy will you be in about two weeks chasing transfer portal rumors? Oh, my gosh. December the 4th, that portal opens back up and I would expect, you know, Kiffin to very much, you know, address some areas of need there. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with, you know, like Lane says, you you have to recruit your own players still. So um, I'm going to be very busy with, uh, with that and, you know, early signing day coming up after that. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun couple of, couple of weeks there. Evie, do not take a sip of coffee when I ask you this question because you may spit it out. You ready? <laughs> okay. Jim and Jupiter says, new A&M coach needs to unhire those yell squad dorks. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I was, that was another thing. I, I know uh, when uh, when my, my uh, significant other, David Walker, went to A&M and came over as a quarterback from – uh, Sulphur, Louisiana, Sulphur High School. He didn't realize until he got there that there were no female cheerleaders, and I think that was a little, <laughs> a little off-putting there to him. But um, I, I, that was another thing. I just can't see Lane being at a at a school with uh, with all male cheerleaders. But 
But yeah, I mean, they do have a, I mean, in their defense, you know, I mean, my, my dad went to A&M, my grandfather went to A&M, they were all in the core. I mean, there's a, you know, there is a long and storied tradition there. And as Aggies will tell you, they, they don't care if, if people outside of, of their group make fun of them. So I can say that. Ross Bjork basically said, we just weren't progressing under Jimbo. We were, we were treading water. We were not making advancements. It was just kind of choppy there. How much would the addition of Texas, Evie, not only coming <laughs> to the league, but coming to the league in good position, coming to the league as a really good team, how much did that weigh? Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. That was one of the number one comments that I kept hearing from Aggie fans, the ones I know, ones on message boards, etc. was, you know, not only are we kind of stagnant, but our biggest rival ever in the history of ever is coming into our league and they're doing very well. And that was a, that was a huge part of it, I think. Yeah, they, I still think they would have done something with Jimbo, but it would make it feel a lot better if Texas came in limping, right? Yes, yes, it absolutely would. Evie, I'll see you Monday. Uh, we'll talk about the Egg Bowl when she comes okay, back. Okay, looking forward to it. Have a great weekend. There she is, the angelic tones. The bowl missing. Kevin Hagan, when we come back. Omni Nashville Hotel. Welcome to the Big South OVC Football Weekly Spotlight brought to you by Delta Dental of Tennessee. Clear eyesight, full smile, can't lose. Go Delta Vision. More information can be found at deltadentaltn.com. UT Martin has cleansed at least a share of the Big South OVC regular season championship, finishing this season with a 5-1 league record for the Skyhawks' third straight league title. Gardner-Webb can join UT Martin as co-champion with a win over Charleston Southern on Saturday. If Gardner-Webb wins, it will then earn the automatic bid to the FCS playoffs. If Gardner-Webb loses, then UT Martin earns the automatic bid. Eastern Illinois can reach the Division I eight-win plateau with a victory at Robert Morris on Saturday. The 24-team FCS playoffs bracket will be unveiled on Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Central, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. Eastern Illinois running back MJ Flowers was named both Offensive Player and Freshman of the Week. He's the only FCS freshman with multiple 200-plus rushing games this season. Gardner-Webb defensive back Ja'Kai Young was Defensive Player of the Week with three pass breakups and a pick six in the win over Tennessee Tech, while Eastern Illinois punter Jacob Horvath was top specialist after averaging 42 yards per punt with a long of 54 against TSU. All games Saturday can be seen on ESPN+, Plus, including four league games, Eastern Illinois at Robert Morris, Charleston Southern at Gardner-Webb, Tennessee Tech and Tennessee State, and SEMO at Bryant, as well as one non-conference game, UT Martin at Sanford. 
This has been the Big South OVC Football Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office and Delta Dental of Tennessee. Keep your health care costs low and your health at an all-time high with the power of preventive dental and vision plans from Delta Dental of Tennessee. Stronger together, visit BigSouthOVCFootball.com to learn more and follow along on all their social media platforms. I'm Greg Pogue wishing everybody a great weekend of Big South OVC Football. Winning teams continually refine and add to their game plan. Just take a peek inside the Delta Dental Playbook. In addition to dental plans, Delta Dental now offers Delta Vision, a vision plan that you can add on to your dental plan for a little more than $8 a month. Eight bucks. The same math as a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Check them out at deltadentaltn.com. Delta Dental. They put the C in Tennessee. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Call 615-844-5600. Get in on the Bill King Show. Just a quick note. I mentioned EB. Or join us Monday. Talk Echo. She'll be back. J-Book is confirmed. Yeah, confirmed J-Book. That's on Monday. Top of hour number three, J-Book. Monday, yes. We are lifting the Monday no-guesting rule. Just because we're trying to fit everybody, and we wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. That's why this has been lifted. Otherwise, that never gets lifted. That is in place forever. No guesting on Mondays. Kevin Hagen, you're about to hear him. He's going to be with us Tuesday live. Yes, Kevin to talk Iron Bowl on Tuesday. But speaking of that name, he and I had this conversation about Alabama football Yesterday, you're going to hear it right now. What is the plan between now, obviously, Chattanooga, maybe I'm just respecting them a little bit, and then to the Iron Bowl? Yeah, uh, Alabama coming off of a a road win here in Lexington uh, against Kentucky, uh, a game that, quite honestly, Alabama went up 21 to nothing and then fell asleep. Um Getting ready for the, the, the Iron Bowl, which is the next big test. I don't mean to disrespect the, the mocks of Tennessee Chattanooga, who are ranked uh, 16th in the FCS. And, and, of course, me being a big Montana Grizz fan, I follow the FCS very, very closely. It looks like they're on the outside looking in. But, man, let's be honest. There's a terrible talent disparity in this game. This Saturday is all about resting some guys, um, getting some guys healthy. I hope Deontay Lawson, Jalen Key, and Ja'Cory Brooks our spectators on Saturday, it's senior day in Tuscaloosa, last home game. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are talking about Georgia, 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 Georgia in the SEC championship game. But uh, there's a huge hurdle between there, and it's called the Iron Bowl. 
And and I would like to point out that I understand Auburn's got what two wins in the Southeastern Conference, but I would just like to remind people that Coach Saban is eleven and five so far as the Alabama head coach against the Auburn Tigers, but he's only four and four when visiting the ugliest village on the plains. I don't know if it's the petting zoo that freaks him out or or the stench of um, you know the fe- animal feces down there or what it is, but. You know, the Iron Bowl is the Iron Bowl, and it can never be taken for granted. But, I mean, it's a historical fact that that's not exactly Nick Saban's greatest place to coach. So, um, let's not overlook that game. It's not a game that I'm certainly overlooking. So, for me, it's all about getting Alabama ready to go to Auburn and take care of business in two weeks. Because, let's be honest, and I get all these email scenarios from people, how in the world do we get into the playoffs? And to me, that's just, and we'll get to that in a minute. None of it means anything, Bill, if we go to Auburn and lose. Not only Nick against Auburn, but Nick against Hugh Freeze. Hugh's beaten him a couple times. Yep, that's point number two. I mean, anybody that thinks that this is just a foregone conclusion and we're just completely moving on to Georgia is absolutely kidding themselves. I'm telling you, Bill, there's a reason that that's the 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central CBS game. It's going to be it's going to be a tough game. It's going to you know, I hate the phrase throw out the records, but that truly is a great, you know, uh, analogy for the for the Iron Bowl. And hey, with Hugh, how, what a feather in the cap for Hugh Freeze's first year as the Auburn coach if he could up that Alabama. I know they have big aspirations down the road with him, but I would say year one would be remarkably successful if that's on his resume. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would uh, it would rank right up there with uh, that game in 2013 down there that I refuse to ever talk about again. Um, I've tried to expunge it from my memory, but can't do so. So, you know, that's what it's all about. First things first are taking care of business on the Plains against the Auburn Tigers. And then, you know, leaping ahead to the SEC championship game December 2nd in Atlanta, Alabama, it's great. We won the first Western Division championship. We won the last Western Division championship. And as I said, all these people that are messaging me with all of their scenarios that they've come up of how Alabama can get into the playoffs and does it matter if Texas lose? Does Texas have to lose? Can we leave Texas with our strength of schedule? I mean, all that's great. To me, it's just a lot of waste of mental energy or whatever. But here's a reality that no one, in my opinion, can argue with, Bill. No team in America has a tougher road to get into the college football playoffs than Alabama does because Alabama is the only team in the country that has to beat Georgia to make the playoffs. And Georgia, in my opinion right now, is the best football team right now. I'm not saying that Alabama has no chance against Georgia, and we'll get into that game in two weeks, but the reality is no one has a tougher road to the playoffs than Alabama because of the Iron Bowl and because of the game against Georgia. Milrow played very well in the Kentucky game, and then when they put in Ty Simpson, I understand that's not the same as starting, but Ty looked good. Ty looked good, and Jalen Milrow, now that he has figured it out and his inner circle has accepted the fact that he's best when he runs the football 
he's a different quarterback, okay? And it makes the Alabama offense a different offense. And let's be honest, they beat a team that is not good. Kentucky has six wins. And now with the team formerly known as the Florida Gators, I mean, Bill, are they getting ready to turn uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium into a truck and tractor pull venue on Saturday afternoons? Um, Kentucky now has zero wins over a team with a winning record. So, but the you know, one on the road SEC win, Ty came in there, um, got a chance to sort of do his thing. It was blatantly obvious that Nick Saban was not going to run the score up. He wasn't looking to score any points, but he got some points. So, I, you know, when you look at the game against, you know, the, the Tennessee Chattanooga game, which you always think about, who are we going to see that we normally see? Okay, I have an have a Alabama football fantasy on Bill for Saturday, okay? And it's probably not going to happen. But my fantasy is, can I see just a little bit of Dylan Londrigan in the second half, Bill? I'm guessing you're not going to get your wish. Yeah, I'm not betting any money on that, but it would be wonderful to get to see. And for those that don't know, Dylan Mondragon right now, the true freshman quarterback, is running third right now on our depth chart. A uber-talented young man who's yet to step on the field for Alabama. Oh, Nick, come on. Give me an early birthday present and give me just a couple series of Dylan Mondragon Saturday. Kevin Hagan, we talk Alabama. You hear it each and every Friday. This comes up every week, and it's repetitive, but I think the fans want to hear it every week. What do you anticipate Alabama doing in the portal? Oh, I think Alabama is going to be very active in the portal, and I think there's a couple of positions that – um, for instance, like the running back that Alabama fans have been somewhat frustrated in the recruiting process. I think that we may see Alabama more active in the portal this year uh, than we have in the last three to four years. I, I think Coach Saban's beginning to realize that um, it's great to bring in two freshman players and develop them and you know, uh, but forever Caleb Downs, you bring in Bill. It's great to go get a player who already has experience that you can plug in there. So I'm going to make the radical predict- prediction that this will be Alabama's, not necessarily numerical, but I think this will be Nick Saban's most significant haul in the portal in the Nick Saban era. Kevin Hagan with us talking Alabama. What's the most improved? unit or player either one on this alabama team game one to now well um thanks to a gentleman named gary walker jr uh former auburn player on uh, this that uh, kevin Steele's brought in to help with the defensive line uh the defensive line is vastly improved it's been wonderful to see tim keenan um get healthy and play and i had a chance to talk to his mom and dad after the game saturday um, so I'll, I'll give the defensive line number one. Uh, let's be honest. Hey, I, I picked on, as everybody did, and rightfully so, the play of the offensive line early in the season because it was abysmal, okay? It has improved. It has improved week by week, and they took another big step forward in Lexington on Saturday against not a great defensive line, but it's nice to see the, the offensive line take a step forward. Um, so I w- those will be my number one and number two position groupings that I'm really pleased that have moved forward this year. Anything new regarding recruiting? 
Well, it sure was nice to get a commitment out of 2025 edge rusher uh, Zion Grady. He's an elite player, and you always love to see players come in at that position. So that put a smile on my face. You won't see a whole lot of recruits uh, Saturday come in for the UT Chattanooga game, Bill. But um, we're not far from seeing uh, the the floodgates open up here for out for a few more commitments for Alabama as we head into national signing. Bill, can you believe that we're taping this on Thursday? I mean, I can't wrap my hands around the fact that a week from today is Thanksgiving. But Bill, we're going to be at early signing day uh, before we know it, which is kind of crazy. Where is this? I mean, where, where is this season gone, Bill? I mean, in the blink of an eye, it's just it's gone. It's it's more rapid every year in this one. I, I always think the next year is the fastest, and every year it eclipses the previous one. It's amazing. It, it is amazing. You know, we, we talk about it every offseason, and, and it's just, you know, you have, that's why I get frustrated with people that spend all year, you know, week two and week three, they're worried about the playoffs and who's going to win the Heisman and da 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 da. And I always tell people, maybe because I've become an old fart myself, but I tell people, this goes so fast. Pump the brakes and, and enjoy every single week for what it is because here we are again. We blink our eye, Bill, and we're, we're talking playoff selections in, a, in, what, three weeks? That's insane, Bill. Kevin, always a pleasure, sir. Always an honor. Have a great weekend. Go Grizz and roll tide. There he is every Friday. Kevin Hagan with us. He'll be with us Tuesday. He can do it live because he's working from home on Tuesday. So we will talk Iron Bowl with Kevin. And he was talking about it earlier. Yeah, Alabama's a solid favorite in that game, but Auburn's beaten Nick. There's history there. And Hugh Freeze, like we were talking about, he's beat Nick. Now, I'm not sitting here predicting Auburn's going to beat him. But I'm reminding everybody that matchup, just because Alabama looks significantly superior, can be tricky at Auburn. You have to be very, very careful. And let me also remind you, I think Hugh Freeze is going to be next year's a significant problem for every opponent they face. Hugh is going to have a much more dynamic offense than what you're watching right now. You are not watching the way that offense is going to look. As far as productivity and athletes out in green grass, you are not seeing the way it's going to be. couple of notes, and Tom in Myrtle Beach was pointing this out. Tonight, 10.30 his time, Eastern, 9.30 Central, Coach Prime at Wazoo. Pullman, Washington. Both teams four and six. Washington State's favored by four and a half. And Colorado with a loss here, obviously, is not going to a bowl game. Uh, a bowl game, I should say. That game is later, earlier, earlier, just a little bit earlier. You have that South Florida and UTS. A game, the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio. They're favored there at home by 16 and a half. That's on ESPN2. Early games tomorrow, meaning 11 Central, noon Eastern, Michigan, Maryland, and College Park. 
Wolverines favored by about 20. Louisville, Miami. Louisville has a chance to finish 11-1. and one. Their one loss, if this plays out, would be that Pittsburgh game after they beat Notre Dame. They've got Miami down there. Now, that's going to be tough. They're favored by one. What's Miami got left after that Florida State game? And then they have the Kentucky end-of-the-year rivalry matchup, which can be tough, too. But but they have a chance. Coach Jeff Brom in year one can go 11-1. and one. How about that? Now, I knew he would do well there. I didn't think he'd flip it that fast. I know a lot of people say, well, Bill, but their schedule is very forgiving. Okay. True, but you still have to go out and do it. The assumption that just because the schedule is not the most difficult pathway, so just anybody can go out there and do it, is not the right assumption. You still have to finish. Scoreboard still has to say you won that ball game. You still have to coach it. It's not an assumption. No, it's not an assumption you should you should make. Rutgers and Penn State, that's an early game. That's about a 21-point favorite. Bama Chattanooga is early. Ole Miss, Louisiana Monroe, the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe also own that early slate. Oklahoma BYU is one of the earlier matchups as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. The Tennessee-Georgia game is a 230 Central, 330 Eastern. That is the CBS national game. It's a decent weekend. Yeah, not bad. UCLA-USC coming up. Is that the end for Chip? They're about a seven-point underdog. That Georgia line is still sitting around 10, 11, depending on what you're looking at. Buckeyes favored over Minnesota by four touchdowns and an extra point each time. Coming right back. Brad Powers, Hour 3, Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning, a truck fire has traffic slow in Robertson County on 24 westbound at the 27-mile marker. Again, that's going to be right before you get out into Pleasant View. It's uh, already slow coming eastbound on 24 out of Clarksville as THP works that accident. It's a vehicle that's overturned at the 19-mile marker. Big delays for folks leaving Montgomery County, Clarksville, headed towards Nashville. It's crowded up through the uh, Hickory Hollow area now on 24 going westbound as it continues to build out of Rutherford County. Still slowed down in Murray County on an earlier wreck this morning, 65 southbound. That's going to be down there around the 40-mile marker. Prince's Hot Chicken is catering this holiday season. Check them out online at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
Do you want to work at the OG of Hot Chicken, Princess Hot Chicken Tanker? Outlet Mall, 4060 Cambridge Parkway, Suite 102 in Antioch. Princess is looking for fun, energetic, and friendly smiling faces as food runners and cashiers. They're also looking to create an amazing culinary team to carry on the Princess tradition. Interested in working in a great environment with great hourly wages? Submit a resume to princesshotchickenafh at gmail.com or fill out an application on the Princess Hot Chicken website. That's princesshotchicken.com. PrincessHotChicken.com Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel downtown is at the heart of Music City. Located within walking distance of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Bar Lines at the Omni is your downtown honky-tonk destination. Watch your team for many seat on their plentiful HD TVs and catch a live show on the Bar Lines stage featuring live music seven days a week. Bar Lines has the ultimate southern comfort food. Get started with classic fried green tomatoes or bourbon barbecue wings. Then it's on to the massive Smashville double stack or the world famous bar lines grinder oh you've never heard of the bar lines grinder two kinds of cheese lettuce dijon smoked turkey smoked bacon smoked ham now that's some smoke you want local brews and local spirits are on tap at bar lines take a seat on the patio outside and soak up the rhythm of music city bar lines at the omni nashville hotel fifth avenue downtown Oh, oh, uh, open that one. It's from me. Holiday instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Best gift ever! Wait, these tickets are already scratched. Yeah, it was me. I was just so excited. But look, we won! Tis the season for epic cash prizes. This year, give the most winning gift of all. Holiday instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, what game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Jim Rome is here weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR. The SEC is for closers, and there's only one way to survive in the SEC, ABC. A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. A, B, C, A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. Jim Rome, 11 to 2 on Nashville's original sports radio, WNSR. He doesn't know everything about college football. Mm, yeah, he does. It's the Bill King Show. Brett Powers in about 25 minutes. All your gambling, sinful wagering questions coming up. Just to remind you, Jay Book is confirmed for Monday. Ole Miss Evie confirmed for Monday. Kevin Hagan confirmed for Tuesday. Trying to leave everybody in their same slots that we can. Oh, Brad's going to be with us hour three on Tuesday. There is no Thursday, Friday show next week. That's why we're smashing everything into three days, condensing everything into those three days. I uh, was just thinking about this. 
since we have devoted our three on Friday, which is well over a decade, decade and a half at least, to gambling. And now with the advent of all these apps and everything and states legalizing it and it becoming basically mainstream. When I first got started talking about gambling, you could do it, but it was dirty. It was, Bill, I mean, what are you going to do? Talk about prostitution next, Bill? I'm serious. I mean, (laughs) and again, I'm not a big gambler. This year, I've gambled probably more than I have in my entire life combined. I think I've bet on 60 college football games, around 60 today through these 12 weeks. But yeah, it was it was it was taboo. Again, there were no rules, and radio stations didn't say, "Hey, Bill, don't don't talk about that." But it was just okay. Little unsavory. Doesn't it's not like that at all anymore. But I will say this: I will occasionally get a complaint note from somebody in the audience, and I respect that. No, no, no. This is not me complaining about the complaint. I respect that. I may not agree with it, but I respect it. And it's usually something like, Bill, I just can't listen to that third hour. We've had gambling issues in my family, which I totally understand. And I'm totally sorry that that could happen and can happen. That's why on all these commercials we do, it is mandated that at the end of those commercials, you have to get in there. Here's a hotline number where if you have a problem... They can help you. That is mandated. If you hear any gambling commercial about an app, whether it's us talking about Zen Sports or when we would do all those years we did FanDuel or whatever, right, all these various apps, at the very end, that has to be part of it. But I will get a complaint, not 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 too often, but it, it happens every several six to ten months. And it's usually something like, hey, Bill, personally, I just don't like the gambling thing. Uh, it's it's not right. I think it's evil. I've witnessed family members or good friends really get in a lot of trouble doing this, risking hurting their family, things like that. And that's sad. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'm sorry about that and certainly feel for you over that. But, but. There's a whole lot of people out there that enjoy and do get pleasure and have fun with it, and it's not a problem for them. And it's part of the mainstream. Everybody's talking about it. ESPN, with their new pen relationship, you can go to ESPN Bet right now. Yeah, I mean the the networks they can't they can't let that slip by. They got to be part of that that mainstream. Now they've talked. ESPN's talked about gambling and gambling guys on there and segments and all that forever. That's not new, but but yes, I'm talking about the financial angle on it as well. But but so I guess what I'm saying is, look, if you send me a note, email me billisking7 at gmail.com, and it's your displeasure with it. I respect that. I do. I'm not going to change what we're doing, 
but I do respect your opinion on that. No, Kev. Bill, did Kevin earlier say the Tide has the toughest schedule remaining? It goes, I would have to disagree. I think the Beavers had the toughest. Well, Southern Cal also had a down-the-stretch, very difficult schedule we talked about. About a month ago, there was a list of the most difficult remaining schedules and Southern Cows was listed number one. Yeah, listed number one. Oregon State's got U-Dub, and then they have the Oregon game to finish. How about that? Two potential playoff teams. Now, both won't go, but, but those are very much alive playoff teams. Before that, they played Stanford. Not such a good team, obviously. And prior to that, they played Colorado. But the last two games here, UW tomorrow night and then on Friday. That Oregon State-Oregon game is Friday, Friday night. That'll be fun. After Thanksgiving, Friday ball. Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving and then a really good-looking slate on Friday. Heading into all those rivalry games continuing on Saturday. Fun time, man. Another question. How are you able to balance how much fun we enjoy watching college football, talking about it, with in mind the regular season is coming to a halt in about eight days? How do you keep that out of your head? Coming right back, Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Traffic still running slow out through Pleasant View right now in Robertson County on 24 going westbound around the 27-mile marker. And because of a vehicle fire, it's looking a little bit better now coming out of Clarksville. That's been struggling for a while. Eastbound on 24 around the 19-mile marker on that earlier crash. There's still some volume right now trying to get in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. Hey, get rid of that old junk car today by calling Cash for Junk Cars Boswell Towing in Nashville, 615 I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Attention high school sports fans. Are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Tennessee needs more officials. Sign up today at HighSchoolOfficials.com. Dinner with Friends is a fine dining restaurant located in Nashville's prestigious West End. It features an elegant presentation and exceptional service. One of the first non-alcoholic restaurants in Nashville. They pride themselves in professional and courteous service. A popular choice among locals and tourists alike. If you're in town for the ball game or you're just visiting with friends, Dinner with Friends is the preferred location for those seeking a rich, modern restaurant with serene atmosphere and top-notch guest experience. Your server will uphold the high standards of etiquette and hospitality 
hospitality and guide you through a unique dining experience. Enjoy the ambiance and reconnect with friends. Specialty dining will feature a set menu, a dedicated server, and a personal chef. Enjoy a delicious combination of meats and vegetables at a very affordable price. There's no place in Nashville like it. A unique experience. Come and have dinner with friends. 1719 Westin Avenue. To make a reservation, call right now. 615-730-9559. Dinner with friends. A proud sponsor of TSU Football on WNSR. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. This is the Grant Fogue and John Burton Show. Derek Henry's next. Yeah, I think this is the first of uh, several moves. I, I, I do. I yeah. think the Titans realize where they are. I think it's a reality check, and I think there could be more moves. I really do. You wake up one morning, you realize it's time to do some different things here. I think that's what it is, so I don't think they're done dealing. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. Get into the Bill King Show. Um, shit, man, I just lost my train of thought. All right, dude, here's a couple of phones. Three, two, call 615-844-5600. It's a question for Brad. He'll be with us. A little over 10 minutes. It's from David Walker, former Aggie quarterback, David Walker. What would Brad make of this? I'll pose this to him. It's the national championship game winner odds, and it's DraftKings. Michigan plus 215. Georgia plus 255, Alabama next, plus 650, Oregon plus 800, Buckeyes plus 800, Florida State plus 950. I'll just stop there. I personally don't know how you would have Georgia anywhere but number one here, odds-wise. I cannot pick, as much as I like this Michigan team and the way they're playing, nothing but complimentary of them. I could not pick them against Georgia. I just couldn't. These are the odds. Michigan plus 215, Georgia plus 255, Alabama next plus 650, and then Oregon plus 800. That would be, I I just personally, I can't go that far. I can appreciate Michigan immensely without taking it all the way. And that's where I stand there. I just just couldn't do it. 
back to this scenario, and it's it's probably not going to happen. I can't pick Alabama over Georgia in the SEC championship game either. Now, is Alabama capable of pulling that off? I think we've seen they are. i still not going to pick it. Yeah, I'm not going to pick it. Now, back to that, if Georgia loses that one game to Alabama and then you have a West Coast undefeated team, UW, let's say, or Michigan-Ohio State undefeated, Florida State undefeated, Alabama wins the SEC championship game, Georgia gets left out. If that's the case, and that's what people are saying would probably be the way it looks, okay? Rusty even. Rusty's there in Georgia. He says, I think Georgia gets left out in that scenario. Here's, I've got a couple of problems with that. If indeed that's what's going to happen. Again, probably won't, but but if indeed that were the case. I don't want to hear you took the four best teams. Nothing should trump who the four best teams are. I don't want to hear it because you know as well as I do, none of those teams would be favored over Georgia. None of them. Even if Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, they would not be favored over them if they played again, just like a couple of years ago. Just like a couple of years ago. So if it's about the four best teams or conference championships, despite not thinking that conference champion is as good as Georgia, that trumps how good you are I'm not sure that's a a fair system. Now, folks, after this year, it's really moot because we're going to 12. It's not like that can carry over into next year and we can fight it out over four because we're taking the playoffs and tripling the number. So that argument won't last long because we're changing the math on the entire system. It can be argued that, hey, back when it was four, Georgia got ripped off in the middle of a dynasty. Maybe maybe that's an argument, but things will probably work out. The odds are that Washington, now I wouldn't bet much here, is going to lose somewhere. Maybe it's this Saturday. Maybe it's in a rematch with Oregon. Then you got one loss teams out there. Would you take Oregon with their one loss, and this is a very good football team, Dan Lanning team, but with that one loss over a one-loss Georgia team? Dan Lanning's former home where he was the defensive coordinator. That would be interesting. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. But that's what makes this fun. Yeah, that, that's what makes this so much fun down the stretch. Jim and Jupiter, the reason Georgia would not have the biggest odds is because many feel Alabama will beat them. I don't, but it would not be a big spread. Yeah, we'll ask uh, Brad about it. Brad's going to be with us here in less than five minutes, and David Walker will ask his question. And then any games you've got, any of the games coming up, go ahead and post them. You won't be front-running if you do it front-loading, I should say front-loading if you go ahead and 
post your question. Use the hashtag AskBP. Brad will be back with us because of next week's compacted schedule, Tuesday, Hour 3. All those rivalry games. The Iron Bowl. The Egg Bowl, which is Thursday. Michigan, Ohio State. Kentucky, Louisville. South Carolina, Clemson. Florida, Florida State. All that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. We'll talk about on Tuesday. Brad, when we continue. Omni Nashville Hotel. AM 95.9 FM Brentwood Nashville